WDBM East Lansing, you are listening to Spartan Red Zone, the student voice of Michigan State football. This is the source for the best analysis, updates, and much more for Spartan football. Welcome back into Spartan Red Zone, Episode 7, Season 7. And the boys are back. Alex McRae, Aiden Hunt, Joe Danger, and I'm Ryan Collins in the host chair today. How we doing today, boys? I'm doing awesome. I'm having a great day so far. Great day. Another day, another another dollar dime. dime I, dollar. I think it's dollar. Another, another day, another dollar. dollar. Another No, another day, another doba. Oh, yeah, true. Doba. Burrito oh, Wednesdays. Oh, man. Today. Did you not get it? I didn't get it. I, I didn't get it today. I should have. I will down. say this. I don't know. My wallet's probably thanking me, though. Yeah, probably, but, but it's a good deal. I'm doing to- good. Thanks, guys. Today, one of my friends and I, we sat at Qdoba, and we went through every single quarterback in the NFL by division and saw if we could name every where they went to college. And we got all but four between the two of us. Name name those four quarterbacks. Derek Carr. Fresno State. State. Yeah, okay. Uh, McCray already got all these. I want to see if you two can. So Derek Carr, Phillip Rivers. Uh, NC State. Yep. Jacoby Brissett. NC State. And, ah, uh, dang, who was the last? Oh, Case Keenum. Uh, Houston. Yeah. So you guys got the four that, that we didn't get. But the rest of them, I was really impressed with myself that I got, you know, I knew that Andy Dalton went to TCU. Yeah. And like, you know. Andy Dalton, Rose Bowl. That was a good game. John Clay, Andy Dalton, Rose Bowl. People, people forget that. People forget. Horn Frogs, Rose yeah. Bowl champions. But uh, we're back here to talk about Northwestern, Michigan State last week. Look ahead for Indiana. Go around the Big Ten. A bunch of other stuff we got to get into. But first, I want to talk about Impact Crew. Headed to Northwestern last Saturday, and it was it was a good time, Joe. Other than waking up at five in the morning and leave, that stunk. It was a that was a little tough, Collins. I picked you up from uh, your apartment in Cedar Village ish, yeah. Cedar Village ish. Yes, and it was a uh, yeah, it was a tough ride to Chicago. I was a little tired on that one. Yeah. Hash Brown saved me. Joe went out the night before. We got we left at five in the morning, so that's like. What? We're not saying. I'm just saying it was no, a, no. it was an insane move by Joe. Joe was asking <laughs> for a tough drive. Yeah, though. I was. I I earned that one. Yes, so. you earned that. I know that drive so well. Would you just take uh, 69 to 94, 94 yep. all the way to? Oh yeah. 
Eric Bach, yeah. who was not here, drove the whole way, and he and knew it like the back of his hand. I was like, dude, what? We're going to Northwestern. He's like, oh yeah. Didn't even put in his phone. Yeah, he knew, yeah I was he like, what everything. is happening? Nope. I haven't used dude's G- a map. I haven't used the GPS since sophomore year of college. That's insane. Wow. Oh, okay. You can, you can read Atlanta. signs. You're fine. No, that, but that's impressive. Ryan Field. Interesting stadium. I kind of liked it. It was kind of per- not people were like McCray was like, isn't it kind of like a high school stadium? I didn't think it was like that. It's bigger than that. It's not an intimate feel though. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I really liked it. The view of like the city from the deck yeah, where we cool. were at was really cool. See Lake Michigan from yep. the press box, and that was really cool. Um, and honestly, if the stadium at first, I was like, man, you know, place kind of empty. It really filled out. There was, the game it, was got pro- going. it was probably like 60, 40 MSU fans. There was more MSU fans there, definitely. But it was but a good time. Press press box was. They had great food. Great food. Put Spartan Stadium to shame. Yeah, well, they serve hot dogs in our press box, which is the most <laughs> preposterous thing ever. Also, I like how they did like the, you know how Baylor does that with their student session where they run the field? Northwestern does that too. Not and, it, and it doesn't idea. make sense because it's Northwestern football, but it's sick. It, it's not. It, I mean, their student session is more full than Michigan State's football, so... It's fair. Yeah, fair. Whatever. A lot of things going on around college football. Do you see the story about De'Ara Ken and Houston? He, what, weird. I don't get it. Because he said he's receiver? coming back. Is yeah. it Austin Corbin? What's his first? Well, I don't know if I got his first name right. I know it's Corbin. Their star receiver is doing the exact same thing he is, too. I, maybe they just like the recruits they got coming in I next mean, year. We, I don't get it. We all know where he's going. Yeah, he, everyone says Oklahoma. He's going to Oklahoma. Everybody says he's transferring, but then he came came out publicly and said he's staying at Houston. I yeah, but that's like... because that's the that's the right move if you're Derek King with all the he's coming in for sitting out the rest of the year without being injured, be with a team that is one in three, being a leader of that team. That's the right thing to say. Whether or not he stands by that is a different you know, that's a different conversation. If you don't know Derek King is Houston's quarterback and he decided to redshirt after four games, and he's basically a top-five college football quarterback in this year. Just like he's not an NFL prospect, but he's I think he's done something like 18 games straight with a throwing and rushing touchdown. He's pretty special player. It was pretty weird for Tuesday announcement that he's going to sit out the rest of the year. This just smells like Lincoln Riley all over. I guess. Like I, I, just, I have such a hard time. I mean, maybe he did publicly say that, but come on. The, the guy's going to go to Oklahoma it's not if, if Lincoln Riley has anything to say about it. It's not a horrible idea. Like, you would say, hey, if he actually is Tommy back, if you're a Houston fan, I would not hate this. Because they're one in three. Yeah, they, no. they're not going to do anything. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I like what you're what you're saying there, and I just – Oklahoma has five-star quarterback, number one in the country, <clears throat> Spencer Rattler, sitting behind Jalen Hurts oh, right he's now. Not going, I don't think he's going to Oklahoma. So I, I don't know why they'd really need him. I mean, I, I get it. He's probably better than Rattler, but wouldn't you want to get him some reps? Yeah, I, I don't think that's the case. But I'm saying, like, from a Houston perspective, if he comes back, pretty good. I don't no, hate, no, I, don't I, hate I, I completely agree with you there. I, I just I, – I, I see why people are saying Oklahoma, but I don't see why King would necessarily sit out an entire season and lose eligibility in the draft. Maybe I mean, he, he still could go to the Maybe draft, there's an underlying reason. I, I love when these stories happen, though. It's, it's weird. I've never seen Conspiracies. this before. I, but, lo- I love when these stories happen because you get the, like, the Danny Canals, the Dan Dottages, like talking about, oh, you got to wait your turn. And like he's given up on their team when they don't really know anything about this kid. I love when people like go and judge people's characters on kids they have no idea who they are. Oh, I think it's hilarious. Uh, I, I agree with it's you there. It's so hilarious. I agree with you they there. They just look like idiots. But if... King does end up transferring. I think this sets a very, very dangerous precedent for college football. I guess. Where if you, it, like, 
Rondell Moore, his team's not going to be very good this year. He could just say, you know what, screw it. I'm sitting out this year, I'm redshirting, and I'm transferring to Alabama next year. I mean, he's a guy who could play on any team in the country and be a significant contributor, but because he's not on a very good team, he wants to just sit out and then go to a different team later. I I feel like that's a little disingenuous to me. Yeah, I, I just I don't I don't like the move, but I also understand it from his perspective because it's like, you know, you're going to I'm going to put my body through this for a team who might win 5 games at this rate. Maybe so that's like that's I I get that from that from a football standpoint, but and you know what it reflects on him as a leader. I mean that's within that locker room. You know we don't know those things, but I don't know. I just thought it was super interesting. Yeah, no, I I I agree with you there, but at the same time, like where where would parity go in in college football if he does decide to transfer to Oklahoma? Yeah. It's like the same teams. The rich keep getting richer, and then. Sorry, Houston, you you lost the quarterback to Oklahoma. I think this is like a very few and like far between like occurrence for something like this to happen. It's because, unprecedented. That's yeah, the no, thing that worries me. No, like but if, I, this I, could set a precedent. I could see that, but like no one is gonna be like Derek can like people don't talk about him. He's nasty. Like he's very, oh, the, very the good guy, at football. The guy is a great quarterback. No, I'm just saying like just because he's so good and maybe Dana Holderson say, Hey, like if you wanna do this, I'm gonna be like I'm not gonna like I, is it like Brandon Boyer Randall, Michigan State guy, answered it, entered the transfer portal? He's only played four games, but he already used his red shirt, so he has to play out the rest of the season to uh, qualify for a grad transfer. Which is it's kind of like this whole situation with Ken. I feel like the grad transfer in college basketball is similar to this move by De'Aaron Ken. I I I I don't know like if you can compare that, but I I don't think you're gonna see this very often. But I thought it was pretty interesting. It's it's certainly interesting. It's definitely a case all college football fans should be monitoring monitoring closely if yeah. they want to, you know. Other stuff around the country, Notre Dame, Georgia, the preview, like pregame setup at Sanford Stadium was insane. Those Georgia fans are crazy. Like, how did they get the lights to do that? I don't – that was insane. I mean, <coughs> they, the Georgia football program – or at least the University of Georgia has put two hundred million dollars into their football program to make them in the upper upper echelon of college football. So I guess you know that's where the money goes. Yeah. But man, that was that, that was an impressive environment. Pretty insane atmosphere. Georgia was able to hold on there. Did any of you guys stay up for the Washington UCLA game? Oh no. my goodness! No. Did I you stay up a little bit of it? No, <laughs> just and, a little bit. Anthony Gordon threw for almost six hundred yards and had nine touchdown passes. Those are those and are Wazoo like, lost. Those are NCAA fourteen stats right there. When you're playing on rookie, dude, and they lost. If you watch to, that, to the, is the mascot. to a winless UCLA team. That's just nuts to me. If you watch the highlights from that game, they're like 15 minutes because so much happens. Like, what was, UCLA is down 32 in the third quarter with six minutes left, and they're like tied with 14 left to go in the fourth quarter. What was the That's o- insane. It what, makes no sense. What was the over-under? For it was game? probably somewhere around 80, I would yeah. imagine. Well, well, it hit 130. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. But whatever. I mean, that, that was like... I woke up and I was like, "Oh, I just want, I wonder how UCLA did." Once I went to bed, because I was beat after we got back from Northwestern, they won. I was like, "What?" Reminds me of the LSU Texas A and M game from last year. Yeah, a little bit. And then one thing I want to rant about: I tweeted about this on Friday because it was like infuriating oh, me yeah. so much. Here we go. Hank Bachmeyer, the Boise State quarterback. That guy is trying to get himself killed. Like I, I, I get Boise State doesn't have a good offensive line. The guy just steps up in the pocket, and just like CTE every play. 
It's crazy. <laughs> hey, you know what? He put his body on the line, and Boise State was rewarded because they are now the uh, they now hold the title for the highest winning percentage in FBS college football. They oh. passed Michigan this week. Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> I don't know if it's for the entire sport of college football because I know Grand Valley held that title a few years ago, but. <laughs> Boise State now has the highest West winning side. percentage. We, we need to talk one time about should Grand Valley be a D1 team? They, should be, they don't want to be, though. Why well, yeah, you? obviously, because they're winning That program should not be a D1 team. No, it shouldn't. No, I mean. Well, what constitutes D1? Is it student if population? Anything, if anything, yes. in terms of football, Ferris should be. They have 25,000 kids at that school. What do you mean? I, Grand Valley is a far more like historically dominant football program than Ferris State. That's true. Also, by the way, I just watched the Hank Bachmeyer getting drilled no, on a it, touchdown pass. It, it's he takes hits he doesn't even need to take too. Like he enjoys it. It goes out of his way. And then I don't know why, but Jim Mora, like Junior, has been doing all the Boise State games this season. I've watched like every single one of them. And he's like, Oh, what a tough kid. I recruited this kid when I was at UCLA. And I'm like, that doesn't like constitute him trying to like dive into like a pack of wolves, like, like a logical move. It doesn't make any sense to me why people think like, "Hey, this guy's a tough guy." No, he's an idiot. And you know what? Don't I bet, try and get yourself killed. You know what I bet he does? He does the thing where he'll pat the defender on the head. Oh, like, he and, like Andrew that. Luck, and he says, "Hey, good hit, buddy." Yeah, and he's got a, he's got his third concussion of the night. Yeah, yeah. he can't even walk straight. He's just oh, jeez. Another Friday night game: USC, Utah. USC looks good. And Matt Fink, the Matt Castle, John David Booty, USC backup quarterback of the week right there. Come in. He came in for third string quarterback at USC. Matt Fink was in the transfer portal. His dad said he was going to Illinois with a bunch of other guys from USC who transferred to Illinois. Decided to come back, and he balled out on Friday. Yeah, didn't was, think he it, could beat out uh, Brandon Peters, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Can't handle the competition. But he just beat a was it the number 10 Utah team. Yeah, they, Utah's offense, their only player they have is their quarterback. And I think Isaiah Moss is out. Zach Moss. Zach Moss, is that yeah, his he, name? he got hurt, so that's a big he's reason nasty. why. He's yeah. nasty. He's a top five running back in the country. He's sick. But, he, like, other than their quarterback, what's his name? I don't know. Who cares? Number one. The on, US, the USC game was Friday, right? Yeah, Friday night. Okay, I did catch that. That was... It was I Matt mean, Fink. USC looked good. And you, you look at USC's schedule, if they... I mean, we'll get to this later in the pick If they beat Washington... They're a very serious like candidate to come out of the Pac. Are they in the North or? I don't know what the Pac-12 like divisions I, I, are. I I don't know their division. Yeah, but their schedule is not very hard after this week because they they they're getting through the gauntlet after this. Okay, and, but... and what's with USC? I mean, Darnold was a backup too, and then that one dude got hurt. Dude, ahead they have of him. a million backups. I I mean, every it, single time it's a backup, like oh yeah. And Pete Carroll's heyday, like they just had a million guys like who were just like. Stacked. Mark Sanchez was a backup. No, no, they just had a million guys who waited three years and like played one year and then they got drafted like top fifteen. Yeah, Except no. John David Booty, that guy stunk. <laughs> yeah, he was not good. He was booty. what a name. Yeah, John David Booty. Speaking of mediocre quarterbacks, we move on to Northwestern Michigan State Spartans top <laughs> Wildcats thirty-one to ten. What, what Dan- a transition. Yeah, I know that was good. D'Antonio is now the all-time winningest coach in Michigan State history with one hundred and ten wins. Brian Lewerke, 18 for 31, 228 yards at three TDs. Elijah Collins, 17 carries, 76 yards and one TD. Left the game, got carted off. Turns out it was just a minor hand injury, they said today. Daryl Seward, five receptions for 77 yards. Now leads the Big Ten 
in receiving yards. And does he lead in touchdowns too, or something like that? I bet you he leads in receptions. Reception. Re- yeah. He leads in receptions and receiving yards. Cody White had four receptions, seventy yards, and a TD. Probably his best game this year. Matt Seibert. Four receptions for 28 yards and two TDs. His first Michi- two TDs of his career, too. Michigan yep. State found their tight end. Yeah, maybe. Maybe their best tight end since Josiah Price. Don't forget about Matt Sorkel. Stop. <laughs> Daryl Stewart does lead the uh, Big Ten in receptions by three. Rondell Moore yeah. with 27 behind him. He's got 30. Rondell Moore had like two receptions a couple games ago and like 28 yards. Defense caused three turnovers. Joe Bocci won defense, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. 14 tackles, 13 of those solo, and an interception. Northwestern had about 265 total yards. A lot of that was during garbage time. Josiah Stott had an interception and then had an assist on one for Drew Beasley. The D, the backup DN for MSU was able to get one. Now MSU's rush defense is ranked number four in the country, and their total defense is number five in the country. So this defense is living up to the hype. They're scoring defense, or not scoring defense, but you know, points allowed defense is 10th in the country as well. Is it, I think their scoring defense is five, though. I was I just looked at that. But still, I mean, they're living up to what they were built up to be. Special teams, not good. Didn't really realize how bad they were after, like, we covered the game and I really thought about it. Cody White fumbles his first two punts he receives, loses one of them, recovers the other one. Brandon Sowards fills in, was good. He was, in fact, good. Yeah, I remember everybody, there was a... Let's relax on that. I mean, are you he, one of those guys who like has a vendetta towards Brandon Sowers as that Ohio State game last year? That's he, literally he's everybody. The, he's yeah. the worst punt returner I have ever seen in my life. He was life. not bad. Uh, he was good. Okay, sure. ever seen? He was. No, he was. A, he was bad aggressive. in in one game. I mean, yeah. he was good in one game. He's been bad every other game. I don't know. He, hey, but he he caught he caught the he ball. caught the ball. You know that's what? All, hey, that's the mo- there you go. And isn't that after the game? That's it. We just want a guy who will give the ball to our offense. I love how D'Antonio said he's been a solid punt returner since uh, he's been back there his whole career. I was like, okay, Mark. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure, buddy. Made no sense. Not watching the same guy I am. Matt Coglin missed a field goal. Went one for two this weekend. Nice. Matt Coglin hasn't been the same since his long snapper went out. Armor. Yeah, but I. It's like Vinatieri. First of all, I don't know, did they, we were there, did they, like, review this or call this back? On ESPN, it said he didn't miss a field goal, but he definitely missed a field goal on Saturday. Oh, no, he missed it. Yeah. ESPN messed up. Yeah. So, he missed one wide right, I believe. Yeah, I, something's going on there. It, it is a concern now. It really is a concern. Oh, it is. I mean, we we had him listed as the Lou Groza winner two, uh, two weeks into the season. Now we're like, eh, well, do we need to make a change at kicker? That's a that's a Michigan State like staple. Have a kicker who's fantastic his first two years or first year. And where's the number four? Dan Conroy, Michael Geiger, and then when they get to the back half of their career, white knuckles every single time they go out and try and kick a field goal. Hey, Michael Geiger went out on a high note with his uh, Ohio State windmill kick. Yeah. So let's. Let's okay. Down on that. D'Antonio is concerned about the special teams. I I just touched on Codlin. Are you guys concerned at all about this? I, I'm not. I I am 100. percent You, th- you are. I I, th- I think the only thing that they have down solid is their punting unit, where they're punting the football. Everything else needs work. Their kick return game is okay when with uh, Daryl Stewart back there, but I mean that's a dangerous position to play. You don't want to get your best receiver hurt, so. I'm I am concerned. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very concerned with the special teams. I mean, it's you can't make those kind of mistakes like the white fumbles. <clears throat> um, excuse me. You can't make those kind of mistakes when you're playing against those teams like Northwestern. You had the cushion if you're Michigan State. You were able like you had room for error. 
But when you get into the bigger games, if you're Michigan State, Ohio State, U of M, those are the kind of things that you have to clean up. It's a minor part of the game, but you have to clean it up if you want to win the biggest games that you're going to play in. You know, if you fumble the ball against Ohio State, they will <coughs> score a touchdown on you. Yes. You will not stop them on the goal line at the one-yard line because their offensive coordinator decided to run a option on yeah. fourth down. That was an awful play. That was, that was horrible. Horrible. Next, next question I got for you guys. Do you guys think this offense took a step? I mean, it wasn't like pretty, but Brian Lewerke made some nice throws. The offensive line actually looked pretty good this week. They didn't break any big runs, but I thought the running game was pretty good. It, it's hard to tell because of Northwestern. It's, you don't really know what they are as a team. That My next question was, is Northwestern just bad? So you can, you can formulate those two together. Is the offense actually gaining some steam, or is it just because Northwestern is not good? I think if they repeat it again, we can start to have this discussion. But once they prove consistency, then that's when I'll start to buy in a little bit more because they fooled me against Western Michigan. I was bought in. I said, okay, this offense, they fixed it. And then they go out against Arizona State, and they score seven points. So I don't know what to make of this Michigan State offense. I I think they can be good. I think they have the potential to be good. I think they have athletes. They have players. They have good talent. They just need to be able to put it all together and play clean football. I I think if they're able to get some sort, like, through this gauntlet they're about to go through after Indiana where they go at Ohio State and at Wisconsin, and their offensive line play is not horrible, and then you start getting guys back like Jarvis, Akura. It sounds like Cole Jewins is not going to play this year. Is that just me? That's a super weird situation with that. I don't know. It sounds like he's not going to play. D'Antonio is always really vague in his press conferences, especially about injuries. Like He always says, you know, we don't talk about injuries. And, like, we get it, Mark. But it's when it comes to Cole Jewins, it's very, very, very vague. Like, I, like at most two, maybe three words. And that's it. I, I just I don't see him playing this year. That's kind of why I don't, because it's so vague. It's kind of like, uh, I think we've talked about this, how Josh Langford is like, oh, we don't know yet. We're going to really wait and see. No one like talks about it or at all. Like No one's talked about Cole Chewins. He's a, an important part of this offensive line. He was a guy that they talked about a lot the offseason. They said he gained some weight. He was looking yeah. good, and then just he disappeared. So that, that I, I it doesn't seem like he's going to play this year, which kind of is unfortunate for a senior like that. Maybe he comes back next year. I'm just speculating, but what I'm reading between the lines, that's what I see. So other than that, I, I think you saw Elijah Collins have a couple bursts showing you, like we already said in the last couple of weeks, like if there was any other doubt, he's your go-to running back. Oh, he's... And he, and he made, like that play where he split the two defenders, that's an elite athlete type of move. I mean, if he had a better offensive line, he'd be getting over 100 yards a game easy. Yeah, I, they just haven't been able to break a big run. They kind of, like, I kind of compare them to the Lions. Just the Lions' run game is not horrible. Like, they run enough so they set up the pass. Well, I mean, last week, uh, on Johnson averaged 1.8 yards a carry, so yeah, I don't but know if it wasn't that's horrible. necessarily what wasn't you horrible. Come on. compare it to, but... Yeah, whatever. Uh, Collins looked. I mean, the offensive line. He looked the good. Mid, the offensive the interior, line played so much better. Yeah. Oh, I I agree with you that Collins looked great. I Matt think Allen, the offensive line did a really good. And it was job. nice to see they did give Collins the ball seventeen when, times. Yes, and they yeah. gave Collins the ball on plays that you didn't see him get the ball against Arizona State. Yeah, short yardage plays. Yes, you're correct. Yes, and point. that was and that was what I think made the difference for Collins because that also shows him. Okay, my team has confidence in me. 
and that allows him, and that opens up things for the offense in general because you've got a guy who can make just one guy miss on those fourth and shorts, and it makes things, it changes things. And people now are talking about Hayward, like, oh, you know, what's his role now? They, well, you don't know, but at least you've got a guy who's a go-to guy at running back if you're Michigan State. If, and I was really surprised that Northwestern did not play better. That was a super surprising outcome for me. I thought Northwestern good. was better than what I saw. I did too. They are not good. I bought in too much on their on their defense, and I still believe that uh, Gaziano and Fisher are two elite defensive playmakers, but they can't do it on their own. And Gallagher's really good too. Yeah. I will say this, though. Hunter Johnson, until that really bad mistake he made at the end of the first half and threw that pick to Josiah Stott, did not play horrible. Like Michigan State's defense is so stingy. He made a couple nice throws. I, I was... Kind he of fitted su- into some tight windows. You know, I was surprised that Fitz made that decision to take him out. I feel like that's a not, like, that seems like very, like, 2007 Michigan State, like, Brian Hoyer, Keith Nickel. Like, you're not giving the full, like, keys to the car, to, like, to I mean, your quarterback. It was I think like, 2008, excuse me. Sorry. It was like last year with Michigan State, where it was Rocky, Brian, Rocky, Brian, Rocky, Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, injuries are mixed in there, but with the same thing, you got to have the confidence as yeah. a quarterback, that's such a huge thing. I mean, that's what Brian Lewerke's been trying to get back ever since last season. He he wasn't confident. That's why he made so many mistakes. That's why he missed so many throws. And now, I mean, he didn't have a great completion percentage. You'd like that to get up there, but... He, he took what they gave him. He had he had a, a really nice game. I, I want to hear what you guys think. I'll start with Aiden. I'm curious why they don't use his legs more. I really don't get that. He showed his sophomore year he is, like, a borderline elite dual threat, like, quarterback. Like, he can make plays with his legs. And ever since then, like, his junior year, they kind of, they like kind of started to touch on that with, like, inside zone with him. I wish they would, like, call more, like, designed runs for him. Is that just on, me? I said on last week's episode, I'm pretty sure, that why were they going to Connor Hayward on that fourth and one? I mean, everyone said that it was the worst haul maybe of all time. Yeah, but but I remember saying, you know, why not just give the ball to Lewerke and have him lay down? He's yeah, six no. foot three. Like, he can just do that. But also, I think the main concern, and, you know, he was making a lot of run plays his sophomore year. He was diving for him. And I think the Michigan State offensive coordinators and offensive coaching staff, I think they're just scared. I, they don't want him to get another shoulder injury. They don't want anything to happen to him. And maybe that's just the the easiest way to you know, avert any kind of, you know, potential for there to be an injury. But, I mean, when a guy runs that much and when he has the offensive line that he has, he's going to get hit no matter what. So you might as well have him gain some yards when he does it. It's not even that. It's just, like, he does not make the play. Like, I maybe he's regressed or maybe it's just him. He used to, like, pick up the third and ten once in a while. Like, he would step up in the pocket, pick it up on himself, and get out of bounds. He does not do that anymore. Does well, he have any lead blockers, though? No, I'm not that? saying that. Like, he, making, like, a play with his feet. Like, he doesn't do that as often as he used to. I just, I just granted, it's something curious granted, I was thinking. He doesn't have enough time to scramble, though. Okay, that's I, I, I agree with I that. I mean, their offensive line wasn't good as sophomore year, either. Uh, I mean, they were a little better. I mean, they went 10-3. and three. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you The had, team had a good record, but that necessarily the offensive line they was run not the ball then, a ton better. Yeah, well... My thing is, I don't think Brian Lewerke's ever had a great pocket presence. Yeah, and he might he might be experiencing some shell shock a little bit with how many how many hits he you know is expecting to take, whether he takes them or not. So, I I think he's just more looking to get the ball out as quick as possible. So maybe he doesn't get hit. I don't know. I mean, 
there aren't designed runs, but I felt like Lewerke didn't have a ton of designed runs his no, sophomore year. And the, yeah, and his sophomore year, I don't. You're exactly right. He did a lot of stuff where he it was action rolling out to his left or his right stuff where they were designing him to get away from the pocket, which is where he looked really comfortable, and he also looked really comfortable comfortable scrambling on those types of plays where everything was rolling to one side of the field and he's able to bring it back around. And he, I mean, when everything breaks down around him, that's when he tends to be at his best, right? I, I, that's what I think, at least. Yeah, I mean, that's what he looked at his best. Like your song. I just think of like that Notre Dame game. He does a QB sneak and then gets a 50-yard run, basically. That's You don't see a lot of athletes at the quarterback position being able to do that. I would just like to see him maybe use his legs a little bit because that might alleviate some of the pressure. That might bring like one less man. If he's able to break that every once in a while. I mean, it, I was just saying, you're right, though. They did not call a lot of design runs for him his sophomore year. It was more scramble plays that he made. I will say I absolutely hated those rollout plays where they moved everything to one side of the field. Oh, they stink. It, it completely cuts off half the field. It's it's It, it's it makes the defense staple. just say, okay, we only need to decide the, I mean, defend the right or the left-hand side of the field. It's, not, it's nothing too ex, uh, extreme. Yeah, but that's basically all from Evanston. I mean Northwestern. I don't know if they're good or bad. They, I see they seem to do something like this every like couple of years where they look horrible and then they somehow like end up at like eight and four, or, like nine and three. So I won't count out. It's the Big Ten West for you, Fitzy. Did, you saw everyone saw his press conference this week. What was it? What did he say? His email was he was basically like the media is like, do you feel the pressure? And he's like, yeah, I feel the pressure. Send it to his email. I don't care or something like that. It was pretty funny. Fitz, go Cats. I love when Fitz says go Cats. Go Cats. But other than that, around the bid ten, a game Wait, that what we're... about uh, what about the D'Antonio? Oh yeah, he got 110 wins, winning his coach in Michigan State history. We're gonna quickly just touch on it. McCray, what was your favorite D'Antonio win? Uh, I'd have to say the 2015 Cotton Bowl where they came back against Baylor. That was a fun game. I was late to work because of that game and uh, didn't regret it one bit. That was a fun game. Big Ten Championship game against Iowa. When LJ Scott just tore it up the entire game. 2015, yep. I was there, great game. Got to be the uh, Penn State game. They won on the field goal against number seven Penn State. Was, was that in was 17? The rain the delay? Game. Yep, the, yeah. rain, the rain delay game. Okay. I, I'm going to have to go with probably 2013 when they beat Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship to send them to a Rose Bowl. That, that was a good one, too. That's probably one, that one. That's probably up there on, like, my top five, like, sports moments just being there and, like, seeing a reaction of my dad and my oh, uncle. Oh, you were there? Yeah. Oh, wow. Seeing the reaction. I've been to every – I went to 2011 when they lost to Wisconsin. I went when they beat Ohio State. And then that I went Wisconsin when they beat Iowa. Wisconsin punter where he, he flopped. Isaiah Lewis ran into him. Oh, my I was God. just watching highlights of that the other day. That was a great game. That's a very undercover, like, really, really, really – Really, really good game. But it was uh Russell Wilson, right? <laughs> yeah, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, yep. BJ Cunningham went off that game. But yeah. The Antonio won ten. I, I think it was kind of funny that they brought all the players back for Arizona State basically to like celebrate that and then they lost. So it was a little more subdued that it was in Evanston. But he, he you could tell that it meant a lot to him to be the winningest coach in Michigan State history. Yeah, um, when he came into the post game, you could tell maybe a little bit of yeah emotion. Yeah, how, I mean, it, how can it not? I mean, Michigan State may not be the most prestigious football program of all time, but it's got some storied history behind yes, it. Yes, yes. Those are bootleg hats, too, they are giving out. I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> Shell out a couple <laughs> more dollars for them. I was just saying. But other than that, we go, we're going to whip around a bit time here. 
We're going to talk about this game more, but I'm just going to go through the scores. Michigan got absolutely shellacked by Wisconsin. <laughs> absolutely stomped on. 35-14 to 14 in Madison. It's a big yikes. Illinois blows a two-TD lead at home against Nebraska. They blew two-TD, like two touchdown, like two different times. They were up two mm-hmm. touchdowns and blew that game. Not good. Brandon Peters did not play very good down the stretch there. Indiana smaps my UConn Huskies, 38-3. <laughs> thir- Peyton Ramsey gets back on track. BC handles Rutgers. I don't think anyone in America watched that football game, but I had to let that know. But as we get, get past the forgettable BC Rutgers game, we have to go back to the top and talk about Michigan and Wisconsin and the debacle that the Michigan Wolverines looked like in Madison on Saturday. Did any of you guys watch that? Because we were at the press spots. I, I watched the pretty much the entire thing. I was flipping back between Michigan and Michigan State, and yikes. Not good? Yikes. Big uh, yikes. I mean, Michigan couldn't defend a simple trap play, a simple counter trap play. I watched Urban Meyer break it down earlier today. It's not that hard to defend, and... Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he's a great running back, but a 72-yard touchdown run is embarrassing against anybody. Yeah. I, I will say this. Urban Meyer, better on TV than he was the first time around. He is much better. Like, when he does that Jerry DiNardo and him do film breakdown, it's interesting. I mean, so. he, I mean he's a great, you know, yeah, offensive he coordinator he guy. E- he, was, he sucked when he was on ESPN for that one year yeah. before he took the Ohio State job. And, I mean, you watch a Michigan game, right? I, I watch parts of it. I will say – I. We were up. I was updating it on my computer when we were at Northwestern, and I saw Wisconsin go down and score immediately. And I saw I think Kenny Bell for Michigan had like sixty eight yard like catch. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, this can be up and down game. That's pretty surprising. And then they fumbled, and then Wisconsin had a seventy five yard run. And then I just felt like when something like that happens, all you lose all juice, and especially when you're playing on the road. So I, I heard like it was not good though. Well, what happened was Michigan had a long reception overturned. Which was a bad call. Oh, the McEwen. Yeah, it, yeah. it was a. I it saw was the a, highlights. It but... was a bad overturn. Yeah. And then the very next play after the punt uh, was a was the was a long Jonathan Taylor touchdown. Oh, run. It was. Oh. And you can just imagine the emotional shift the defense had, and you got to blame that on coaching, though. I mean, granted, yeah. players are going to have emotion; they're going to feel the momentum swing of the game. But you got to have a coach that's able to, you know rally the troops and bring guys back. And I think a lot of people are, you know, giving um, Josh Gaddis a lot of slack for this game and his, his, his coaching ability. But how about Don Brown having a virtually un, you know, what what's the word? Uh, anemic almost defensive line. Yeah, it's, like, like I mean, invisible. It's, ben it's, Mason's playing playing defensive yeah, tackle. You're, He's a fullback. You're, your fullback is playing DT, and you had the best defensive line maybe in the country last year. What and nobody's really questioning it right now, which is weird. I get Don Brown is a legend and he's you know sixty four years old or something like that. He has a great mustache. Well, he he's a legend when he you know has a defense go up against Rutgers and Army. And I will, I will say this: uh, an injured Michigan State. Yeah, yeah, well, I will say this about Don Brown: like he de- has done a re- very good job since he's been at Michigan. And granted, he's had some very talented players. They had a lot. They've they lost a lot of guys on that defensive line. I always thought their defense might not be as good as it has been, but I've seen some people criticize. I saw Wojo go. Is Don Brown's defense basically a gimmick now? Like all that pressure stuff. So I, I've heard that, but with Michigan, if they don't show up, I I don't know when their nuts begin. I think Iowa. Iowa in three weeks. If they don't show up for that game, it's gonna get real. It could get ugly. Where and where is that game? It's at Michigan. Michigan. Okay. 
If they lose that mission in Iowa, I think I don't think Harbaugh gets fired. I think it's gonna be a mutual party noise. I, I no, no. I you look at how much money Jim Harbaugh has brought in for this football program year after year. The administration loves him. They won't fire him. And, I'm, and not, the, I'm no not saying they're going to fire him. I'm not saying they're going to fire him. He's going to be tired of it, and he's going to make the so decision. So he's just going to quit? He's going to throw away $7.5 million a year? And then and don't make five coaching the Browns. Because Freddie Kitchens can't coach, but right, he, Joe? He, he, hey, he, come on. Don't, okay, hey, 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 hey. Keep Freddie out of it. Here's Keep the, Freddie. Wait, sidebar. Freddie Kitchens, first in goal at the five-yard line. You can tell I bet on this game how angry I'm getting talking about this. Lost and money. maybe maybe has the worst offensive line in the NFL and goes puts Baker out there in the shotgun by himself, not even giving the appearance of running the football. Empty set. Great great job, Freddie. But continue, McRae. Sorry. Well, here's my question on if Michigan and Jim Harbaugh decide to part ways, who's going to replace him? I hear that a lot. They'll figure out something. Bob Stoops. But still, Les, Les Miles. Miles. Ah. Nah, Les, Les Miles. Miles too old. He's staying. Ky- he's Kyle, staying in Lawrence. And he's going to make something. Matt Campbell. I could see Matt the Campbell. The dude from Wash U. Matt Campbell from, would be a not, good replacement. From Washington State. Mike Leach? I saw, you know what? That's Mike funny. Leach will not That's leave funny. Washington State I saw, ever. I saw a Photoshop picture of Mike Leach in a Michigan hoodie, and that was before they got dis- they blew that game to uh, yeah. UCLA, and I thought that was the funniest thing ever. You, I will say this. Mike Leach and Ann Arbor would be hilarious. He would, would embrace be. that time. Oh, I, there, should be, there would be a TV show. There'd have he to would be. be great in Ann Arbor. The only problem is that I would hate Michigan that, fans would hate him, and so no would Michigan way. administration. They would. They'd be like, he doesn't take it seriously enough. We don't want him. Michigan State <laughs> fans would love him. I Washington mean, the State's last, the perfect. The, the oh, only time Michigan State's ever faced Mike Leach, it was not a close game. In the bowl game. Yeah. Mike, no, what's it called? They lost to Texas Tech. No. Oh, you're right. The Alamo Bowl. Yeah, the, that was the Glenn Winston when they got in a fight yeah, with the hockey team. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is total side note tangent. Did you see the, the video? If you haven't seen this video, you got to find it. The video of Mike Leach analyzing all of the mascots in the yeah. Pac-12. Yeah. Oh, the it, one. It's well, he's got a rifle. It, it's like... T- it's like two minutes long, it's really and it's funny. hysterical. Go listen to it. Go watch it right now. It's the man sleeps with a Viking battle axe above his bed. Prime entertainment. Of this course he does. That's best. why Washington State is a good fit for him because the Pacific Northwest. He has some strange people. And no one cares. You know no one cares about Washington State football. Like no, one, like hey. Other than Washington and, State and, students. And, yeah. Isn't he teaching a class too? Yeah. yeah it's it, about it's war. Like, yeah, it's like war tactics. They let him teach a class too. He's not leaving Washington State. No, I'm not saying that. I think Matt Campbell's actually a pretty good name to throw out there because yeah. he's a beast in recruiting everybody, in the Michigan area. Everybody wants Brett Venables too. But this this brings that up, would that would be I that would be not a good hire by Michigan. I mean, ev- no, like everybody. Okay, every coach and hire yeah, yeah. ever is Brett so, Venables. Last thing, last, last thing, last thing. I promise. Uh, I was having this conversation today with a couple friends, and it brings up the question of when Mark D'Antonio decides to retire. Whenever that is, who's going to take over Michigan State? I think the, we, the I, easy the easy answer is Mike Tressel. And I don't think there's any other answer other than the easy answer as I, of right now. I think what's I I'm not going to speculate because I hear a lot of people are like this is D'Antonio's last year regardless, and maybe at the end of the season he makes an announcement or something like that. But if we're going to go down that path, I think Narduzzi would get the job. I truly believe that. Yikes. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I think that he would be because he's been at Pitt. I th- yeah, it's not even that. I just he hasn't th- been good at Pitt. He has been but horrible, still, though. Yeah. It's pet. Okay. Do you want Michigan State to inherit a guy who you know goes six and six every year? No, I understand that, but I just think it would be like a <laughs> Jeff higher... Fisher. Yeah, 
It's a Jeff Fisher hire. I mean, I he's just, a great defensive coordinator, but is he a head I, coach? I just think he understands, like, if Michigan State's in a goal like Mark D'Antoni, like, Mark D'Antonio, excuse me, I can't believe I just said that, but uh, they want to go, like, his culture and let him be a part of the, like, hiring process, I think Narduzzi's the first guy. So do we want to have the, the Michigan man mentality for the next coming years where we only no, hire I understand D'Antonio that. disciples? I, that, that's a great point. I just believe that's what Michigan State would do. I'm not saying I would do that. I'm just saying I believe Michigan State would do something of that nature. No, but we're going to move on. we got a new segment this week, SRC Players of the Week. First, the Scott Tolzien SRZ Offensive Player of the Week. We'll start with Alex McCray. So I'm going with uh, a guy a little off the, off the wall here, a Rutgers wide receiver, Rasheem Blackshear against Boston College. He had nine receptions for 130 yards and a touchdown. A guy from Rutgers producing any kind of offensive numbers worth looking at is worth the offensive player of the week to me. Okay. I, I went with Jack Cohn, Wisconsin quarterback, just based on the fact he's, he looks, in fact, competent, and that's all you need in a Wisconsin offense when you got Jonathan Taylor talking to, talking to Rock like he is, so... I, for my Scott Tolzien, uh, SRC Offensive Player of the Week, I went with a Wisconsin quarterback, Jack Cohn. And I took the easy pick, which was Wisconsin running back, Jonathan Taylor, who had 23 carries for 203 yards and two touchdowns, including that 72-yard monster run yeah. over Michigan. So I think that was the easy pick, but also Jonathan Taylor is a dog. He's the best running back in college football. I think the only person close to sniffing, his, sniffing him is DeAndre Swift. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jonathan Taylor's nasty. I went with uh, Anthony Gordon from Washington State. Nine Good touchdowns. Pick. He has great hair. Great hair. True. Great quarterback hair right there. That's what Washington State's known for. First Gardner, and now this guy. Don't Luke respect Luke, don't don't disrespect Luke Falk like that. Come on. Don't don't disrespect <laughs> Ryan Leaf like that. Oh man, uh, Ryan Leaf. Oh man. Okay. Net, next next award we're gonna give out the Jordan Kovacs SRZ Defensive Player of the Week. Me and Aiden both had the same one, so I'll I'll, I'll just say Joe Bocci. Yeah. It's we don't need to elaborate on it. He was disgusting. Thirteen tackles by himself. That's yeah. My goodness. That son. tackle he had on the goal line where he basically was just like, yeah, I go to powerhouse. I I said this like multiple times, but like that's what that tackle was. Like I go to powerhouse and just do bicep curls. It was unbelievable. McCray. All right. Um. So I have an honorable <laughs> mention. All right. An honorable Keep mention. Keep it short. We got to get to the picks. Okay. So my honorable mention is Khalid Hudson. 14 tackles, tackle for loss, and a sack. He's Had nasty. The the best defensive performance for Michigan in a horrible uh, defensive performance. He's our best defensive player. Uh, but my defensive player of the week goes to Shea Patterson for the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, loves turning the ball over. Loves giving the ball to the opponent. He's, uh, you know, the defense's best friend. Wow. Really shows our bias on this podcast. <laughs> that, man, that was an objective statement. Yeah, really objective there, McCray. Way to way to make us look good. <laughs> Whatever. Who's oh hey you're up? Oh, whoa whoa who's, hey hey who's up? You're up. <laughs> hey go Joe. Come hey, on. Oh man, I'm choking here. Charles Snowden from Virginia. He had 15 total tackles, two sacks, and three and a half tackles for loss in a 28-17 victory for Virginia over Old Dominion. Shout out. Uh, I'd never forget that. The statement. Cavaliers? No, I was going to say shout out to the, oh, DeWeaver, Messiah DeWeaver. Uh, yeah, oh, yes. he, I don't think he plays. He doesn't. Oh, uh, yeah, that sucks. 
I imagine having a last name Snowden, you're you're on like every no flight list, even if it's not your fault. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just I just thought he has about trouble any time Virginia yeah. tries to fly. And our last and most prestigious prestigious award, the Joey Ellis Powerhouse Memorial Frame of the Week. I went with Lovey Smith because if any of you guys watched that Illinois Nebraska game, did you see what Lovey Smith was just wearing? Just wearing a T-shirt, and he looked jacked. And then he looked like Santa Claus at the same time. It was <laughs> it was an incredible just look. Just juiced. And I would, he, had, he had a sick Illinois shirt on. Illinois had sweet like gear. I they wouldn't do. mind Lovey Smith being the next head coach of Michigan State, even though they sucked. But hey, I mean, well, they, can, cool. they can recruit. Kind cool. of cool. Who cares about recruiting? Joe, start. Not, you're not. Oh, Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis from the uh, Washington Redskins. Okay, that's a hey. That's a that's it. That's it was totally total total. What did he do? I, I just pretended to hurdle. Yeah, Prince he pretended to hurdle some dude. That's that's you don't get the definition of frame slash unit of the week. Then you're. Well, you're I, oh, I'm, have you I'm, seen I'm, Vernon this Davis? Is a, this Vernon is, Davis. Yeah, he's a unit, but like he's that's a, not a he's unit move. The ageless wonder at tight end. Yeah, and it's on brand with me not understanding something. So yeah, that I'd is on with that. Aiden, I'll take mine. Uh, so the leading rusher for Ohio State this weekend was not J.K. Dobbins. It was not Justin Fields either. It was freshman running back Steel Chambers, who ran the ball eight times for 63 yards and a touchdown. Hell of a name. It was a good performance, but just for the name alone, he is my frame of the week. Steel Chambers. Hell of a name. My frame of the week is perfect. The Detroit Lions have a fullback on their roster. His name is Nick Bowden, and against the Philadelphia Eagles this week, he hurdled a guy. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So I, I don't know how that can't be, you know, a 260-pound man hurdling somebody. Come on. It looked like he, like, jumped on a pogo set. That was the way he hurdled that guy. Yeah, too. it was insane. I, I, I think that was the only was, snap I, he got to I don't know game. how it's physically possible that that happened, but it did. Hey, and the real athlete, well, not real athlete, I guess, Vernon Davis didn't hurdle a guy. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. The real athlete. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> We're going to move on to the games this week inside the Big Ten. Penn State, I lo- by the way, I love this concept of Maryland and Penn State playing on a Friday night. I love it. Penn State heads to College Park to play Maryland on a Friday night. That just s- smells like an upset. It's smell- that's such a weird it also game. It s- smells like whatever the over is, take it. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know. It's just a weird game. I kind of like that they're playing on Friday, though. Michigan, after a major lockdown in Wisconsin, at least they get to play Rutgers this week. Get a big bounce back. In the big house, nonetheless. They'll probably play like Joe Milton in the second half, and then I'll hear all my Michigan friends, dude, if they move to Joe Milton, watch out. That, uh, this, just wait for- hey, the people at that rest stop when we were walking out. They were like, that was hilarious. That was pretty funny. We were in a rest stop, and I... I don't even know. It's we just were, above the freeway. The, yeah, it was... We were in a rest stop on the way back to East Lansing. It was like right on the edge of the Illinois, like... Michigan border, whatever. Right by Michigan City. Well, yeah. Illinois and Indiana, or Michigan and Illinois do not touch. They do, so. It's Indiana. Fine, Indiana then, whatever. But this guy in the Michigan shirt, which I imagine they're coming back from something, he just goes, we got this Joe Milton guy, he's nuts. He's like telling this like five-year-old <laughs> son that. And we're all, we're all like, did anyone just hear that? That was the epitome of a Michigan fan, but that was pretty funny. Uh, Wisconsin hosts Fitzy's Wildcats at noon, getting 24 and a half. If you, hey, if you're smart, take the Wildcats. They're gonna respond. They might not win this game, but it'll be close. I'm saying take the Wildcats. 
And then at a throwaway game, I think Iowa plays the last non-conference. Eh, no, Michigan does. Michigan plays a non-conference game in the middle of the year against Notre Dame. Plays Middle Tennessee State, the Reggie Upshaw Memorial game. Even though Reggie Upshaw is not dead. Giddy Potts. Giddy Potts. <laughs> Joey, Joey Ellis isn't dead either. We still yeah. have a memorial trophy Yeah, disclaimer. Yeah, but still. But, yeah, Giddy Potts. Screw that guy. He was nasty. Whatever. Weird Bit 10 West game this week. I feel like we get one or two of these a week. Minnesota visits Ross Aid Stadium. Tate's on Purdue. Anything Elijah? to say? I think you just think that every game Purdue plays is weird. <laughs> it's weird. It is weird. <laughs> Do you have anything to say to Dude, Purdue's AD for this game? First of all, Purdue is just a weird – like, you watch them play football, you're like, this isn't basketball. Well, like, Purdue shouldn't be playing football. <laughs> like, does anyone else feel that way? Well, have you ever been to West Lafayette? No. Don't. I have a, I have a buddy who – Don't go what? there. Come on, I, don't do them like I that. Go, they got Rondo. They know it's bad. No, I, no, not Rondo more. Just the entire city I go slash to, town slash whatever West Lafayette is. I want to visit Mackey Arena because I hear it's just like such a sick place to watch a basketball game. But I have, I have heard that about West Lafayette not being good. Hey, their marching band is cool. Is it? Oh, yeah, they got the big drum. Yeah, that big yeah. drum. Yeah. Yeah, but they, they – Huge. I don't know. There's something about, like, Purdue. I'm like, they play football every time I see them. I don't know what it is. Whatever. And then the biggest game in the Big Ten, according to ESPN, <laughs> game day heads to Lincoln for the first time since 07. It's dumb. Why do you think it's dumb? There's no other games. Yeah, yeah I don't know where I thought the same go. thing. Then I looked at the, the slate for this weekend, and I was like, like yeah, that might be the best game. Game day's all about going to, like, somewhere, like, cool, and that will be, like, a cool environment. It doesn't mean, like, it's the best game. I feel like. And coming off that win against uh, whoever, Nebraska, whatever. Illinois. 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 Adrian you. Martinez played very good yes. down the stretch. 118 rushing yards, which is awesome. It was also Illinois' Brandon Peters, this ineffection. Ineffection? I don't think that's the right word. Ineffectiveness? Yes. Yeah. There you there go. You go. He, yeah, we got he, it. He was not good down the stretch. He could not complete a pass. But I, I, I any games that you guys circle this week that in the Big Ten that you're looking forward to, I'm looking forward to that Penn State-Maryland game. I mean, that's uh, that's probably going to be the best game, in my opinion. I, I don't agree. give Nebraska much of a chance against Ohio State. You don't? No. I'd, that's we get to, we're, really we'll get, the only upset alert. Yeah. We'll get to that as we go down to the pick But we got to move on to Michigan State as they host Indiana for the Brass Spittoon. Spittoon? Spittoon. God, I can't talk. It's so bad. I'm trying to be in broadcasting. I can't even speak. It's not good. But whatever. <laughs> hey, whatever. I digress. Yeah, that's right, digress. But Indiana comes in three and one. Haven't really played anyone except Ohio State, and they got pounded. Ohio State absolutely embarrassed them at Memorial Stadium. Is it Coy Tronk? Is that how you say that name? Yep, Coy. Coy Tronk, le- left tackle, really good player for Indiana, out for the season. They're gonna miss him. Michael Penitz Jr., who started the year at quarterback, who's been banged up the last couple weeks, didn't start against Ohio State, didn't start against UConn. It's up in the air if he plays against Michigan State, but right now it looks like Payne Ramsey's going to be the quarterback who plays against Michigan State. Indiana ranked 102nd ranked rushing offense in the country, which is kind of weird to see because they've been such a good running offense for, it seems like, almost six to seven years, ever since Brian Wilson started there. I know he's not there still, but they've always had pretty good running bats. Jordan Howard. Yeah, Jordan Howard. Jordan would, Howard, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman. And it's yeah. still super surprising because Stevie Scott's a good running back. Yes, that's yeah. what I was saying. It, He's a powerful guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he played really good last time, Michigan State. Oh, yeah. Saw Indiana. He's their best player. Yeah. And yet, they, I mean, they've been better in the past game than I could imagine. I understand they played a couple cupcakes, but 308 yards per game. That's not horrible for Indiana and Peyton Ramsey. Stevie Scott yeah. is six foot two, 231 pounds. Yeah. My goodness. He was a hoss. He's yeah. a frame. Unit. Indiana defense, not terrible. Top 20 defense in the country. 
coming in at 20, but it, they, they've st- kind of started to take on Tom Allen's personality in uh, the last couple of years of him being head coach. I like him as a coach. I, I don't like, hate him. I, you know, I like his philosophy. I like his personality. I think it can reflect to, you know, a decently good Indiana football team, which, I, I mean, what does that really reflect yeah. as? But, you know, maybe at some point they could win seven games. Okay. And this is my last note about this game. Throw out the records in this rivalry because it's going to be close every single time. But Michigan State will probably win. That's how it usually goes. I mean, typically. I mean, whenever Tyler O'Connor's not your quarterback, they typically win. That was rough. My my freshman year, we dropped it to uh, Indiana. That was not good. I remember that. I don't know. This is like how weird my brain works. I just remember every sporting event, like, in date based on another sporting event. I remember the Tigers were playing the Braves trying to get in the playoffs after yep. the Tigers had a complete collapse. Yeah. Whatever. I hate that. I hate baseball right now. Interesting side note. Last Sunday was the first time the Tigers and the Lions have won on the same day since August or no, September of 2014. Hmm. Good side note. As we have some rumbling outside the studio. I don't, someone's being uh, very loud. I don't even know how that's possible. Isn't this supposed to be like sound? This canceling? is supposed to be soundproof. That's he we got to talk to some people. He must be screaming. We'll just say that. That is incredible. <laughs> you know why? Because he's ready for the pick'em. He is ready for the pick'em, and I'm ready for the pick'em, too. Let's see if the music works this week. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's back, baby. I think it's working. <laughs> there it is. So it right. <laughs> starts out the draw, baby. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. I so. like it. <laughs> Let's look at the standings. Last week, Alex, you were the loser last week. Two and five. You're still in last place. You're 10 and 17 on the season. Eric and Collins both went three and four. Eric is eight and thirteen. Collins, you're twelve and fifteen. You're in third place. Okay. Joe Dandron, winning record, another week in a row, four and three. You're now thirteen and fourteen. You're one game below five hundred. Not bad. And myself, I was the winner again last week. I went five and two. I am eighteen and nine on the season. If you don't believe me, just go listen to the pods. I promise. Because and you you know because remember I flip flopped on the A and M Auburn game. And that's one of the only games I lost. Okay. Okay. We'll start off with, of course, Michigan State versus Indiana. Michigan State lane minus 14. We'll start with Aiden, the leader. Ooh, I like that. So I think Michigan State comes into this game pretty confident after handling Northwestern last weekend. I think that playing at home again, playing a Spartan Stadium is going to be good for the Spartans. I think they cover just barely. It's a 14-point spread. I think 14 is how much they're going to win by. 27-13, Spartans is my final score. So... So you're taking a push? Oh yeah. So I I don't. So you're not taking any team? No, I said Michigan State by 14. That's not them covering. No, that's a push. That's not a cover? No. Are you sure? Yes. I'm a hundred percent sure. Yeah. It's a push. Uh oh. If it's wait. We did, we just yelled at Danger about knowing about lines. Apparently, I don't know. Hey, about wait, 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 wait. If that means if I picked Oklahoma State. Well, okay, no, we're not no. talking about this. Oh, no. Okay. So that means Aiden Hunt got the Joe Dandron doesn't know lines player yes. of the week award. Yeah, apparently I don't know. I just don't know what a push is. So what's it called? If fine, well I'll live can we with, make can we make this game thirteen and a half or fourteen and a half? No, we're gonna make it fourteen, and if they push, you get Lame. two extra points. How about that? But if they don't, then what do I get? You just lose. It's just like a regular loss. But if they push, you get two points. Oh, that's dumb. So then they take, have to win by fourteen. Pay, then take someone to cover. Give, or give not. me four, give me fourteen and a half then, or give me thirteen and a half, one no. or the other. Let's make our own lines no, on the show. I'm not show. doing that. I'm not doing that. You you can decide. You took a push. Fine. It, I'll, t- I'll take 27, uh, 
28-13. I'll take Thank them you. to win by fine. You got MSU covering. McCray. This sucks. Uh, I'm going to buy into Indiana being good enough to cover. I've okay. got uh, Michigan State winning at 24-13. Okay. I like Michigan State big this week. I just I think it's a 35-14 game. I think MSU... I think they're humbled by Arizona State, so they won't look ahead to Ohio State this week. I think they're going to show up. Not, It's not a big game, but like you need to win this game. Like, oh. it, it, like the season's over if you lose a game like this. So oh, Most certainly. So I think Michigan State shows up, and uh, I believe they cover. Joe. Got to go Michigan State to cover. And I'm going to take Michigan State. Getting over 30 again, I'm going to take Michigan State 35 to 20. Okay. 20 is not a usual number, but I, hey, at least you, you got it this time, Dandron. I will yell at you, though, if you don't know what these lines are in the next couple games. We move on to College Park. As we said, Maryland hosts in Penn State on Friday night at 7 o'clock on FS1. Maryland getting 6.5 points against the Nittany Lions. I'm going to start. I like Maryland outright. I like Josh Jackson and this team to respond. This smells like a James Franklin poorly coached game. I like Maryland here outright. You know I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm, I'm going to go with Maryland. I don't know if it's outright. I think they cover. I don't think Notre Dame, I mean, not Notre Dame, Penn State. I don't think Penn State is a very good football team, and I think this is definitely a game where they could be let down. I think looking at Big Ten quarterbacks, I want to say Sean Clifford might be the only one I'm not totally sold on. I, I would agree with that, but I like some of the attributes he brings to the game. He, he doesn't look horrible. So do I, but James Franklin is still his coach. I like Maryland to cover. Gonna go Penn State on this one. Okay, Joe I will Dandrick say trying I, to make some moves in the standings. I will hey, say I will say this: ja- James Franklin is sneaky, just goes under the radar. I think Penn State fans like all they care about is recruiting for some reason. He's like an awful game manager. He's one of the worst in the country. That's why I like Maryland this week. And we move on to Waldo Stadium for the second biggest rivalry in the state of Michigan, Central Michigan. Heads to Kalamazoo and Waldo Stadium to take on the Western Michigan Broncos. Western lane 17 and a half after CMU went to Miami and only lost by five. McCray. Rip. I think that CMU game against Miami reflected more on how bad Miami is. Okay. But to be fair, uh, Western's defense isn't very good. We saw that. We saw it last week against Syracuse. We saw it the week before against Michigan State. I'm going to pick Central Michigan to cover, but Western Michigan's still going to win. Yeah, I, th- I think the Broncos win handily. I think Wasink has himself a big game, but 17 and a half is too many points to give. Even though it's at Waldo, I love Waldo, and I think that'd be a great uh, – I think it's going to be a great atmosphere on Saturday, but I still like the chips to cover. I will say, little interesting side note here, the road team has won in this rivalry, rivalry the last three times. Ooh. I don't hate that. Huh. What? I, what's it called? And the winner of this rivalry receives the victory cannon. I've seen that trophy. It's not bad. The same. Winner receives a victory cannon. I, what do you got, Joe? Going to go with Central Michigan. Okay. On the, the chips. Side. Fire up. I, I, I'm i a pro chip guy. I told that. My mom went to Central Michigan. So I love the chips. And I'm going to take the chips. Straight up, let's go. Outright. Jim McElwain. No, 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 no. Oh, I, did, I didn't mean up. it. I just meant like straight up, like Travis Stott, but that's what I meant. But uh, I like Central Michigan to cover here. Nets game, Notre Dame coming off of a bid, not a bid loss, but like 
a memorial like kind of takes the wind out of your sails loss against georgia i continue th i think that that game against georgia reflected more so on georgia's shortcomings than notre dame's i okay. think notre dame is i didn't i didn't say who the opponent is I, I didn't say uh notre dame is a world baiting team i think they're a good enough team to beat some lower yeah. ranked teams i don't think they're a cfp team okay okay Notre Dame hosts Virginia, one of the only, I think, two ranked matchups this week. And Virginia, shout out to Bronco Mendenhall. I, I never really got it why he left BYU to go to Virginia. Guy's just flat out a good coach. So shout out to Bronco Mendenhall. Notre Dame lane 12 and a half at Notre Dame Stadium. We'll start with Aiden. Uh, I look at last week's game. I think Notre Dame-Georgia was my favorite game last week. It was just so much fun to watch. Uh, Virginia is not a football school. I'm so not sold on Virginia, and I think Notre Dame has a big, big, big bounce bounce back game. I think Ian Book and the Fighting Irish expose Virginia, and they win big. I do like how Ian Book played. I also like the steam, like the play calling they had against Georgia. There was a lot of cool things they did on the offensive side at Sanford Stadium. Joel, you're up next. What do you like? I'm gonna go with uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame recovered 12 and a half? Okay. Yeah, I like Notre Dame, Ian Book, Virginia. I don't think they're that good. I I'm going to take Virginia. I like Virginia's quarterback. I like Bronco Mendenhall. And I think it's one of those body blow games. I think it's going to take a half for Notre Dame to kind of wake up for this game. And then they'll kind of figure it out and they'll get the dub. But I like Virginia to cover 12 and a half. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I'm going to win with Notre Dame big in this one. Virginia struggled with Old Dominion last week, so I'm Notre Dame all day. Okay, okay. Nets game on the schedule, another 3.30 kick. Excuse me, the Notre Dame and Virginia game, 3.30 kick on NBC. Western Michigan, Central Michigan, I don't think it's on TV, but it's on noon, at noon, excuse me. And then Washington, USC, 3.30 kick. I believe it's on ABC. Washington invites the kind of hot Trojans into Seattle, lane minus 11. I, I'm looking at this game thinking I think Washington might blow them out. I kind of got a feeling Clay Helton's like, Clay Helton's players like Clay Helton. Everyone else hates Clay Helton. I think they're kind of playing for him. I like USC to cover minus 11. And I like how Fink played last week, and I think they have enough playmakers on the outside at receivers at like St. Brown, and you go on through that offensive lineup. I like USC to cover minus 11. You know, I'm going to have to... Plus 11, excuse me. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there. I'm not sold on Washington, not sold on Jacob Beeson. I picked against him last week to, you know, not cover against BYU. My Smoked mistake. Them. My mistake. But I'm picking against him again. I'm going at USC to cover. Did anyone see BYU's jerseys last weekend? They were pretty nice. They were pretty very nice. nice. Very nice. Joe. I'm going to go with USC. Got to go with that uh, John David Booty backup quarterback. Yep, that's right. Because all three of you like USC, I like the Huskies. It's such a cop-out. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it is, that's I a Joe Dandrew. I, right I haven't picked by myself hey. in weeks. I can look back in this spreadsheet and see when the last time I picked by myself was. Okay. And it was. It had to have been a minute ago. Last game on the I'll tell you when on. it was. It was week one, Wisconsin, uh, covering against the USF. Okay. Nebraska getting 17 and a half at home in Lincoln, 730. It's game days there. It's gonna be a crazy crowd. The number five Ohio State Buckeyes come in and try and beat my Scott Frost. I love Scott Frost, but they're gonna get shellacked here. Get absolutely pounded. 
by Ohio State. Give me Ohio State to cover 17 and a half. You know, this is a game that the Urban Meyer coached Ohio State Buckeyes typically would have dropped in the last few years. They lose a tough road game at Iowa. They lose a tough road game at Purdue. But I think Ryan Day and Justin Fields so far, I think they're different. Give me Ohio State big. Okay. Hey, yeah, I think that this I, – I am so low on Nebraska. I can't pick them in any game, especially game day in Lincoln against Ohio State. I think that Adrian Martinez, Scott Frost, all of the Cornhuskers, all of Husker Nation is going to get embarrassed by Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins this week. I like Ohio State by three scores. But before Joe makes his pick, I flipped my pick already. Give me Nebraska to cover in Lincoln. I've already done the mental gymnastics. I don't know if you can do that. No, I don't know I, if you can just I can change do your pick. Once, once you've locked it in, I think no, it's, it's locked, locked in. in. It's not locked in. I think you might I, be locked. I, I You can do do what you want. It's probably the better thing for my record, but I I, I got to go with my emotion here. I love Staff Ross too much. Give me Nebraska to cover. Go ahead, Joe. Sorry I cut you off. Okay, so... that. I, it's t- it's so tough because you want to bet against Nebraska because it's Nebraska. I'm going Ohio State. You're an Ohio State Buckeye fan too, so you can't. You, no, you, I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Agree to disagree, Fields, baby. So wild card pitch. How did we do with our wild card pitch last week? So last week, I'm uh, like 0 for three. Was the first time we ever had multiple wins in the wild card. Oh. Eric Bach correctly picked Cal to cover two and a half points. They won outright against Ole Miss. Yeah. And I uh, picked Utah State four-point favorites over San Diego State. Cal was favored that game. They should – they almost – Did you, if you guys saw the end of that game, Mississippi, like, got – they scored on a play, but they didn't have a timeout or something, and they didn't review it. And they got, and they got stopped at the one the next play. I don't think Cal was favored. I think yes, they were they dogs. Were, no, they were favored. They were favored. I'm a, very aware of that. Um, as we move on to the wild card, we'll start with Joe D. Who do you got in your wild card pick this week? Let's see if you understand lines. Okay, well, I'm gonna Charlotte and Florida Atlantic are playing. I'm gonna take Charlotte. What minus one? Minus okay. It's <laughs> a hell of a pick right there. I don't hate it. I don't want. I don't hate it. Money in the trumps. Nico <laughs> Basto. Go ahead, Aiden. Uh, my favorite game of this week is Wazoo and Utah. Uh, but I mean, this that line is only six points, and I'm not risky enough to make that pick. I'm gonna take Cincinnati, who were laying four points against Marshall. So I'll okay. take the Bearcats. Betray. So uh, Betray just pointed at me. Do you want me to give you mine? I I can go. I can go. So I'll, go. See- I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Okay. I'll be a team guy right now. I like Minnesota minus two versus Purdue. Okay. CBS just came out with their top 25 worst college football teams in the FBS. And we have a one versus two matchup this weekend. The Akron Zips play the UMass Minutemen. UMass coming into Akron. Akron's laying seven and a half points. And I'm going to take the Zips. Okay. UMass in their last few games against uh, Coastal Carolina lost 62 to 28. Lost to Charlotte 52 to 17. Lost to Southern Illinois, 45 to 20, and lost to Rutgers, 48 to 21. Now, uh, those opponents are all really bad. Akron's not very good either, but Mac, Mac all day. Matching, baby. I will say this: I think I've bet on Minnesota maybe no less than 15 times, and they haven't covered once. But for some reason, PJ Fleckett zoots such confidence that I feel it's right to pick them almost every week. So yeah, that's why I picked Minnesota, and I also think they have cool jerseys. 
We might have to uh, look at these standings again because I didn't factor in pushes, so there might be a couple games we need to flip around. Oh, that's oh. why. Honestly, I think it was one game. Uh, I think we'll it was calculate. Texas, Oklahoma State. Unless, did Florida, Kentucky, what was that? That was a push. Texas, that's Oklahoma. another one that we got to look Texas, at. Oklahoma State? That was Those were the only two. Yeah, it's a push, Joe. Oh, okay. What? It's, it's like a tie. Yeah, it's like a tie. No one wins. It's just like... Yeah. You can just put it in like it's like the Lions. It's like two zero so, one. So do we factor that as a win or a loss? I just don't think you factor it, it as anything. It, it's just, as anything, it's a tie. Interesting. Yeah. You can do it as a tie, or maybe you like. I don't know. We're just doing it on winning percentage, right? I might have to and consult ghosts of uh, of SRZ past and and see what they did. I think you just you just uh, do it by winning percentage. So you just like take it out, or you like calculate a tie. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. If it comes down to the end of the season and there's a, a tie for first place, we'll factor in pushes okay. and see who wins Flip out. Flip a coin. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Rock, Joe, so like Joe Dandron is getting ready to leave because he's got a flag football game in about 20 minutes. Other than that, good show today. We're, we're going to be at – you don't have a flag football game no, today? I do. I'm just going to lose. Okay. Way to not speak into the mic, but uh, Joe Dandron said he's going to lose his flag football game as he leaves the building. Thank you, Joe, for your preparation today. He can't say anything because he's not on the mic anymore. But other than that, good episode today. We will be covering the Indiana MSU game. Lute Sloan, Ian Gilmore will be on the call here locally in Lansing. So tune your dial. What is it, 88.9? Am I 88. right? 88.9 FM. Yep. Tune in. So, and you're doing right, McCray? Yep. I'll, I'll be doing the pregame, the halftime, and the postgame show. Oh, nice. Yep. Aiden, are you going this weekend? I don't I know. Not, no. I never really checked the group chat. No. That's kind of my problem. Now we got uh, <laughs> Trent and I believe CB. Yeah, Cicone. so yep. good, another good crew. Cover all our stuff. But other than that, have fun watching college football this weekend. For Ryan Collins, Alex McCray, Aiden Hunt, and Joe Dandron, thank you for listening. You have been listening to Spartan Red Zone, a production of Impact 89 FM. For more Michigan State sports news, visit impact89fm.org slash sports.